0: Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at The Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode.
1: to another episode of the corner office we're here on national thursday as promised last night to get another episode out where we're we're excited to talk about you know all the new stuff that's been happening in the nfl um so last night was more of our nba segment and tonight we got a little bit of nfl action coming for you so what's going on
0: yeah uh we'd be we've come to that part of the season where it's like the nfl is almost over and Up until this point, I haven't really thought about what life is going to be like again once I don't have the NFL. And I'm starting to come to terms with not having it, but I'm just going to enjoy the rest of it while I still have it.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you look forward to this a lot. Um, The NFL season is a big deal for Jack. I mean, it's a big deal for me, too. I really enjoy watching football. But, um, you know, it it, it goes by so incredibly fast. It feels like just yesterday that we were talking about the first matchups of the first week of the NFL season and some free agency moves even leading into that. Um, And now we're here. We're here at the point where, you know, teams are having, like, this this is the push. This is the push towards the Super Bowl. And I honestly really do feel like this year more so than any other year it's kind of wide open right now. I mean, aside from the two one seeds, which I think most people you know, believe will be um, the AFC and the NFC champions this year, I, I really do feel like any team could really make a run.
0: To me, it feels like the Ravens are the clear favorite right now just based on the I fact agree. that they have not really lost to any of these playoff teams that are left. Yeah, uh, But if the Ravens find a way to lose then I agree with you. I think it's anyone's ballgame right now. And honestly, there have been seasons in the past where we've known who the teams were that were going to go all the way or at least had a sense of who like the two or three candidates from each conference were. I like years like this where we honestly have no idea until they actually happen. I like the mystery right. of who's going to be the championship teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, because leading up to, like, the last couple of weeks where we didn't get as many NFL episodes out there as we wanted to, like, we were we were talking about the Eagles as being, like, one of the favorites to go all the way, and they had a catastrophic downfall this weekend. I think that the, the logical first step is to just start talking about some of the wildcard games, some of what we saw in those, and then we'll move into what our picks will be for uh, the later games this weekend and uh, get you guys excited for, you know, some more NFL football action, but... Um, I agree with you. I think that you know these are the years that, especially when you don't have a team or a dog in the race. You know the Patriots have been long since eliminated from the playoffs. Um, that you get excited for these small market teams or these teams that you know aren't traditionally Super Bowl contenders to be in positions to win the Super Bowl. So I mean, for me, as a as a you know as an avid fan, like a you know not not like a super fan of the NFL um, aside from when the Patriots are playing, like this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And so I think that it makes the most sense for us to go in chronological order as we always do on the show. And let's call back to last Saturday when the Browns went into Houston to play the um, Houston, Texans. Houston Texans and This was a Flacco ball game, and this was a Flacco ball game that didn't go in Cleveland's favor. And what I mean by that is, if you look at Joe Flacco's statistics, 307 passing yards, two interceptions, one passing touchdown. And I look at that game and I say, well, he only had one passing touchdown. Kareem Hunt still had two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing. But it wasn't a very Joe Flacco-esque game in the sense of getting it done in the red zone. And he had a couple of really timely turnovers that – you know, went the other way for pick sixes. And Mm -hmm. it was just like big moments where he couldn't deliver, whether it was his fault, the receiver's fault. It just didn't really fall Cleveland's way. And it is disappointing because they were touted as having one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the league, to see them go out and frankly disappoint that badly. And for the best quote unquote best defense in the league to give up 45 points. I was disappointed in the Browns this weekend.
1: Yeah, I feel like we saw a lot of, um, you know, prominent defenses really kind of fall apart this weekend. And some defensive play really step up. Um, I mean, obviously, like you have the pick six for Houston and the second interception as well. um, But this Houston defense looked really good. On the other side of the ball, I mean, C.J. Stroud continues to hammer his case for being Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he will be. Um, even though Nakua has had, uh, you know, a historic season receiving for the Rams. Um, You know, he had 274 and three tuds uh, passing. I mean, it was pretty much the perfect game manager game. He didn't do anything like crazy or out of, you know, out of context. And I wouldn't say that like he had, you know, the best game of his career or anything. But to walk in in your first playoff game and to win a game like this by what, 31 points? I mean, that's pretty impressive for anybody, and I really do feel like this Houston Texans culture is uh, is something to be, you know, beholded because, I mean, I think a lot of people were picking the Browns to win this game.
0: Yeah, and to be honest with you, I look at the other teams in the AFC, that being the Bills and Chiefs, and, Ra- and I think that this Texans team is the last chance to take down the Ravens in the AFC, and I know that A lot of people hear that and they say, well, no, you're crazy. Like, Patrick Mahomes can do anything in the playoffs. Josh Allen has all these tools. I don't disagree with you. But the key to winning in the NFL is momentum. Hitting your stride at the right time. I don't think that the Kansas City Chiefs have hit their stride at the right time. I think the Buffalo Bills are hot. I don't think the Buffalo Bills have what it takes to go into M&T Stadium and to take down this Ravens team. However, the Texans have gone on the road a lot this year and won a lot of really big games. And I think that out of those three teams, I think that they have the best chance at taking down the Ravens.
1: I mean, I don't necessarily agree with you because I think the Chiefs are peaking right now. I think that this is where they're going to play their best football in the the playoffs. I just don't know if they have the weapons to take down the Ravens offensively, aside from, you know, the fact that Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Um, But that being said, I do think the uh, Houston Texans will be big underdogs against the Ravens going into this weekend, and I don't necessarily think that's warranted. I mean, you know... We're going to have to see how this Ravens team plays with the bye week that they just had because I feel like sometimes you can catch a team sleeping, especially when they, you know, have that much time off. And um, this is really a big game because, I mean, I think if the Ravens go out and roll, then you expect them to win the the AFC championship. And I honestly think that, you know, that could be an indication of how this team is going to play for a Super Bowl. Um, But if it's like a closer game or even if the Houston Texans win, I really think that this AFC is wide open. Um, but that being said, you know, let's move on to the second game of the slate, um, that being Dolphins-Chiefs. Give me your take on this one.
0: Well, I honestly thought this was a very boring game, and yeah, it's kind sure. of exactly what we saw coming. You know, yep. Miami can't really get yep. it done in the cold. Tyreek Hill only had five receptions for 62 yards. He did have a touchdown.
1: Yeah, one of Dolphins... those is like a 50-yard touch.
0: The like, Dolphins really... He, he broke one he off. He did. His, his. It was a 53-yard touchdown. 53 so if you take yards, away those okay. 53 yards, he had four receptions for nine yards. Okay. That's nothing. If you look at their running game, they had 42 combined rushing yards from Devon Chain and Raheem Mostert. And as a team that's built on your track stars, your running game, That's just not acceptable, especially in an environment where it's run first because of the weather conditions.
1: Right. Yeah, I
0: agree. This is is another team, to me, that just came out and didn't meet expectations or even anywhere close to expectations this weekend.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this team hadn't performed well against teams over 500 the entire year. Um, up until this point. So, like, I think we expected this game to be ugly because of the weather considerations and because of the fact that this Dolphins team really hasn't performed against anybody with any talent on the other side of the ball. Um, I think this Kansas City Chiefs defense showed that it's something to be reckoned with. Like, they're much better defensively than they have been in years prior. Um, and even though this offense isn't nearly as explosive as it was when they won the Super Bowl last year or two year, uh, three years ago, um I think it's three years ago last year and three years ago um their defense is a lot better than the defenses that they have fielded before so I mean I still think that they are um the second favorite in the AFC behind the Ravens right now to come out of the AFC because I mean I do honestly expect them and the Bills to have a solid game they have had some historic shootouts in the past two or three years here um and I'm just looking forward to seeing them play and seeing them lose because I'm really not a big fan of this Chiefs team at all.
0: I actually disagree with you when you say that you think that the Chiefs are still the favorite to come out of the East.
1: I said second. No, second. I, I that's the what I mean, are. second favorite to come out of yeah, the East. Okay.
0: Um, I think the Ravens are the favorite. I think the Bills are the second favorite. And I say that because they went out and just took care of business against the Steelers. And I'm not saying that the Chiefs didn't, but the Chiefs' offense, even in this game – If you were watching it, it wasn't consistently the Chiefs were driving down like we know they would. Travis Kelsey got his 7 for 71, but he still didn't look like himself. Isaiah Pacheco did his thing. Rishi Rice has been one of the best young receivers in the entire league. So you think that with all of those pieces that they would get it done. But if you look across the board, the rest of their roster only gave them about 65 to 70 yards. And that to me shows that you don't have depth, and so teams can hyper focus those players. They can put Rishi Rice in double coverage and still afford to give attention to Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco. I just don't think the Chiefs are multidimensional enough to come out of the East in the playoffs or the AFC. I'm sorry, in the playoffs. Yeah, no. It's However, fine. I think the, I think the Bills are.
1: I, I just feel like Travis uh I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is a hard guy to bet against. You know, he's he's one of those guys who has so proven over the past couple of years that he's just, you know, he's he's a difficult person for me to say he's not going to be a winner because I feel like this Chiefs team has proven time and time again that they have winners on this roster.
0: You know? Um I agree, so but I another nervous. Another another point that uh deserves to be made is that if the Chiefs and Ravens win their respective games The Chiefs have to go to Baltimore. Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game on the road. Yeah. I think that that's a huge headline to look at. So, regardless, we're going to get into that in a little bit. Let's move on to Sunday's games, Alex. And the first one that I want to talk to you about is arguably the most exciting result of the entire weekend Mm. for NFL fans across the country. And that is (laughs) the Packers beating the Dallas America's team Cowboys 48 to 32 getting out to a 27 to 7 lead at halftime. Alex, talk to me about what you thought about this game.
1: Look, I think that it was a tale of two halves to be 100% honest with you and I honestly think that this was Jordan Love's uh, arrival game, you know? I mean, this Packers team has been fantastic at drafting quarterbacks for the past three quarterbacks that being Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers and now Jordan Love. Um, and he proved that he is going to be the starter for the next couple of years, Um, and he's probably going to be a very prominent guy. I think that, you know, he could make an argument for being a top 10 quarterback coming, you know, forward. That being said, um, our MVP candidate, Dak Prescott, did not perform in this first half, Um, and I feel like every year uh, you hear Cowboys fans be like, this is our year. This is the year that we're going to go, and we're going to win the Super Bowl, and everything like that, and I think that more so than years prior, this was the year that, you know, you kind of felt it around the NFL. Everyone was kind of like, okay, like maybe they're legit, maybe they'll win, and then they come to the playoffs and it's the same old Cowboys, right? That first half uh, that first half performance from Dak Prescott was inexcusable. But that being said, I think he played a great second half, honestly getting them back into somewhat of a contending form here. Um, and I honestly don't think that their defense has gotten enough hate for the way that they have played. I mean, not hate necessarily, but like, I don't think that they've been talked about enough. Um, as you know, the true like problem behind this entire game, because if you let up 48 points, despite the fact that Dak throws, I think he threw a pick six at one point. No,
0: he threw two pick sixes, I believe.
1: Okay. So you, you take, you take away those two pick sixes, you take away those 14 points off the board. I mean, they still let up 34 points. Like That's a lot of points to be letting up for a defense that was supposed to be a top five defense in the NFL and guys like Micah Parsons going on Twitch and talking about, you know, how they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, They are sticking with their coach. Mike McCarthy will be in Dallas next year, says Jerry Jones. Um, And I mean, like, you know, Dak stats don't look too bad aside from the two pick sixes, which are inexcusable. Um, but the fact that, like, you can throw for 403 yards and three touchdowns in the second half, basically, and uh, still be seen as, you know, maybe not the quarterback of the future is something that's kind of crazy to me. But also, at the same time, like, you can't have a first half like that. Um, and that's just the the game. That was the game. They lost it in the first half. They lost it in the first two
0: quarters. Yeah, look, I can't agree with your Dak take. If, if you gave the vast majority of quarterbacks 60 passing attempts— Keep in mind, the average in the NFL is is f- around 40. If you gave them 60 passing attempts, I guarantee you that the vast majority of them would pass for 400 yards. And, okay. and probably three touchdowns as well. And I think that the Dak Prescott that you saw in the first half is the Dak Prescott that we have seen time and time again when it comes down to big moments, and that is the guy who can't get it done. I've Throughout this season, I was the one on this show who talked about Dak being an MVP candidate. Throughout this, I've thought that Dak, this was going to be a season where he proved to us, the fans, the haters, that he could get it done in those moments. But he came out and started the game off horrendously. He did not play well at all in the first quarter, first drive, first half, you name it. He didn't, I don't think he played well throughout this game. I didn't see a stretch where he put a solid drive together that aspired confidence in me. Not only that he would maybe win the game, which I never thought, but that he was good enough to continue being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And I think a lot of people agree with me. However, the blame does not fully go on him. If you do not give up 27 first half points, the Dallas Cowboys are probably still in this game. And a lot of people look at this Cowboys defense and they say, Oh, Michael Parsons, their defense is good. That's just not the case. One player does not a defense make. And you look at him and you look at Deron Bland, who set the NFL record for interception, maybe pick sixes in a season? Or maybe yeah. it was just interceptions in it a season? It was pick sixes. Pick sixes, sixes right? Sixes yeah. Yep. And you're like, okay, those are two flashy players. Their defense is good. And we fell for it last year when Trayvon Diggs led the league in interceptions. But that's just not the case. Their defense, top to bottom, is one of the most mediocre defenses in the league. And this is not the first time that they've been hurt because their defense cannot maintain the other team in check and close enough in a game in order for them to come back with their offense.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, another disappointing end of the season for this Cowboys franchise who seemingly cannot get their footing. Um and honestly, I don't think America feels bad at all.
0: Nah, I, I honestly don't care. I don't, don't think care.
1: anybody's really upset. I want to speak um, to Jordan Love real quick. Cowboys Jordan fan. Jordan
0: Love did have a perfect passer rating until yeah. the late fourth quarter when he was put back in the game because it became a two-score game again. But he was initially pulled out of the game with a perfect passer rating. I think that speaks volumes to how good his development as a quarterback has been. And I will, I will put my hand up and say I was a big-time Jordan Love hater. I did not believe that he was the guy. But – the way that he was making passes in that pocket, not only this game, but the way that he's looked over the past six or seven, has really not only inspired confidence in the Packers organization, but in him as a player. I think that he is. I think he has all the tools to bring this Packers team back to where they were before in a couple of years. With pieces like Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, like Romeo Dobbs had a great game, six receptions, 150 yards, and a touchdown. I think that this Packers core in a couple of years will. Be a contender in the NFC.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, look, Jordan Love, congratulations on your first playoff game, first playoff win. You know, I feel like we're all very excited for that. And we're excited to see what this future holds for this Packers team that's now Aaron Rodgers' list, so I can root for you.
0: Yeah, honestly. Let's right, move on to the late
1: yeah. game of this uh, of this slate. I mean, the game that I was personally most excited for because it just had the most storyline going into it, that being the Rams at the Lions, Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit, and Jared Goff playing the team that he took to a Super Bowl, who then gave him up. Um, give me your take on this one.
0: Yeah, this game had everything that we thought that it would have, especially in the first half. I don't think there was a single punt in the first half. I believe that every team went down there and either got a field goal or got a touchdown. And it was one of the most entertaining halves of football that I've watched all season. Puka Nakua Mm -hmm. finished the game with a rookie record, nine receptions, 180 yards, and a touchdown. Matthew Stafford threw for 367. amon ross St. Brown had 110. It was just a fun game top to bottom. You know, every time a team touched the ball in the first half, you knew they were going to go down and score. And you could feel not only the energy, but the passion, and how badly both of these teams wanted to win this game. And so when the second half came around, and it became more of a field position battle, and it was like you know a little back and forth, not so much scoring, it had that feel. And I I tweeted this at one point. I I was like, this game has that all timer kind of feel to it. And in my opinion, it was an all timer. Uh, I, it just you know both teams really wanted to win. And they yep. both were playing really hard, really energetic, and it was just a really great way to. I mean, of course, the Rams did end up losing. Our Lions mm-hmm. ended up winning. And just yep. seeing the scene in Detroit after they won, Dan Campbell's got tear in his eyes, tears in his eyes, and he's telling Jared Goff that he's Detroit. good enough for Detroit. Yep. And just seeing the, that fan base in Detroit wrap their arms around this Lions team that's been beaten down for so long, It was really heartwarming to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, seeing their GM, like, so excited in the elevator going down to the locker room just because they finally won a playoff game. I mean, it's been 32 years since they've won a playoff game. Like, what it means to the city of Detroit, I mean, it's huge. Um, And to get it done on their home field and to get another home game coming up this weekend, I mean, just, you know, speechless. It's special. It's – it's uh it's it's pretty amazing
0: i'm very excited that they have another home game
1: me too me too i mean their fans were awesome they really were um so yeah we're gonna move into the monday games now and we'll touch on the, the lions a little bit later i think yeah all right cool so the first game um of the monday slate was one that actually got snowed out of the sunday slate that being Steelers at bills it was so snowy here in new york um over these few days and I can attest to the fact that it was freezing um and I would not want to play a football game in those conditions but that being said the Bills walked in to their own home stadium and pulled off the win 31 to 17 over the Steelers the Steelers give me your take on this one
0: yeah so I was actually in the air flying back to school when this game happened so I didn't get to watch a bunch of it but the Steelers came came out slow and yeah at first it was like well There's, you know, no chance the Steelers don't have any way of winning this game. The Bills are just going to come out and do what they do to bad teams, which is kill them. But towards the end of the game, there was, you know, Mason Rudolph did all that he could. Honestly, I thought that he played very well compared to what we've seen uh, in Pittsburgh quarterback play in the past. And they made it a game, and when you're the Steelers going against a Bills team like this, that's really all you can do. So, I thought it was a great effort from the Steelers, but... Bills end up getting it done.
1: Yeah, that was certainly a conversation that we had in our team group chat um, after the Tyler Bass field goal. There was certainly a bit of a momentum switch in the fourth quarter, where the the Steelers seemed like they were starting to put something together until the Bills like snuffed out the uh, the run that they were going on. But like it was a seventeen to twenty four game with ten minutes left in the fourth. You know, if they get a stop there, I mean, it could be a completely different ending there. Which is why I don't really trust this Bills team just as of yet. You know, I feel like on your home field, you should have put this game away way earlier. Um, and I really don't think that Josh Allen played his best game. That being said, weather conditions, it's not a quarterback day. Um, and that makes total sense to everybody. I feel like, you know, you're probably looking to the run game more when, you know, it's that cold out and you can't really sling the rock as much. Um, but that being said, you know, this game looked like it was over in the second quarter when they went 20 up 21, nothing. And then the, and the Steelers kind of battled back. Um, TJ Watt did not play. The Steelers are now, I think, 1-11 and without him on the field. So maybe it's a different game if he does play. I mean, I have some delusional Steelers fans on my team, so I had to mention that. Um, but that being said, I don't really think anybody's surprised that the Bills are walking away with a win here.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely am not surprised. So let's move into our next game. <laughs> I don't know if you have anything more to say about that game. I think that we can move definitely on pretty not. quickly. Yeah. We're so good. the last game... Buccaneers 32, Eagles 9. And this is one that we talked about where we wouldn't be necessarily all that surprised if the Bucs came out and win, but they didn't just mm. win. They punched the Eagles in the mouth so badly yep. that the Eagles are calling for entire personnel and roster changes. Yep. It was a really impressive showing from the Bucs, and I thought that Tampa Bay was very loud, very lively, and definitely helping this team. Like they were definitely a 12th man, and it was exactly what the Bucs needed. Someone that I want to talk about is someone that has been counted out numerous times through the years because of his antics and his persona. Baker Mayfield played like a quarterback one. He played like a starting quarterback in the NFL, as he has throughout this season, and is still not getting the respect that he deserves. And I think that it's time that we just set the record straight. Baker Mayfield deserves to have a starting job, whether it be in Tampa Bay or somewhere else in the NFL.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, he had 337 passing yards, three touchdowns. Kate Otten had eight receptions, 89 yards. I honestly just thought that the Buccaneers outclassed the Eagles and just proved to us again that this Eagles team is not ready to go win a Super Bowl yet. And after last year and the way that they came out, we all thought that they would, but they just disappointed and are in that category of teams that atrociously underperformed this weekend
1: i mean this may be one of the most historic downfalls that you have ever seen in the nfl they were 10 and one. i think it's up there with
0: with the pittsburgh steelers when they yes yes uh, in the covid year when they had one loss and ended up losing to the browns in the first round oh and guess who was the quarterback of the browns baker mayfield
1: right right um but that being said like Look, I, I, think, I think that this is – it has to go down as that because they had the easiest strength of schedule in those last five or six games um, in the entire NFL. They had the easiest strength of schedule. And then you go out and you just fall apart. It's, it's one of the greatest downfalls I have ever seen from a team that looked like they were so dominant for the first 11 weeks, and they had quality wins. In those eleven weeks, it's not like they were playing bad teams, or that they had massive injuries that caused them to go this way. They just they just couldn't get it done against teams that they should be beating. But like in those first couple of weeks, like they beat they beat the Bucks, the team that would end their season. They beat the Rams. They beat the Dolphins. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the they beat the Eagles. You know, they're only and then you you lose to the. You lose to the 49ers, and then the downfall just begins. And they lose to teams like the Cardinals and the Giants and the Seahawks. Like, it, it, it's just perplexing. It really is. That's all. It's the only word that I can use to describe it. Because you, you go from a team that looked like they were the clear favorites to come out of the NFC, and then they just fall off the face of the map.
0: I agree. I, I was very disappointed in the way that they played. So you want to move into some, yeah. That's all some, gotta, yeah, that's, that's wanna, all I gotta say about that. You want to move it's into just, some quick predictions for yeah. this week in the divisional I'm, round. I actually looked into buying tickets for this game. Unfortunately, my pockets are not fat enough um, <laughs> to afford tickets. So keep streaming, and maybe we'll get some. You know, maybe we'll be able to make it to this game <laughs> next year. But um, and that would be the Texans at the Ravens, and. Okay. As I said earlier, I think that this is the last-ditch effort, the best chance for the Ravens to lose in this playoffs. Not that I'm rooting for them to lose. I actually really enjoy watching this Ravens team. And I also really enjoy watching this Texans team. So, for this one, I'm just looking for a good game. But, Alex, I just want to ask you, this is what really stuck out to me when I first saw this matchup. The Ravens' defense, more importantly their secondary, has been very stout throughout the year and gave... Mm -hmm brock purdy trouble they gave yep. to a trouble they've yep. really seemed like they haven't been able to be broken all season and cj stroud um on the contrary has been incredibly good against almost any defense that has been thrown at him so mm-hmm. how do you think that cj stroud will fare against this Ravens secondary this weekend
1: i think he'll do all right i don't think he'll do nearly enough to get the win though Um, I think in order for this Houston Texans team to get this win they're going to need a big day from CJ Stroud and I just don't see that being a factor. Um, Look I think this Ravens team is the Super Bowl favorite right now and they're personally my favorite as well um, to to win the Super Bowl and I don't think that changes this weekend um, even though I, I am like I'm agnostic to the winner of this game. The winner of this game in my opinion is a is a, is a good thing for the NFL, right? Like, if the Houston Texans win, that's good for the NFL. If Lamar Jackson wins, that's good for the NFL. So I'm just looking forward to seeing this matchup, but I don't think that this Houston defense has enough um, to stop, you know, to stop um, Lamar, and I also just don't think that this – this Houston Texans offense has enough like you forget the tank Dell went down a couple weeks ago uh, with an Achilles tear and he's out for the rest of the season and like that's a big loss for their wide receiver core um, and I'm, I'm you know I'm just as interested as, as you are to see if CJ Stroud can deal with the pressure that the Ravens are probably going to bring to him because they're going to try and pressure the rookie quarterback and stuff like that and I mean he has looked great thus far but I just see this Ravens team as being too much
0: yeah I agree um, and as much as I, I hate to say it, I think the Ravens are the favorite to come out of the East, and I think that the Texans are going to make this much more of a game than people think, mainly okay. because Nico Collins matches up very well against Kyle Hamilton in terms yeah. of play style and length. So maybe they'll switch the matchup. But to me, I think that the Texans will make it a game, but that the Ravens will pull away towards the end of the game, as they as they have throughout the season.
1: Yeah, okay. Okay. So, I mean, we're both going Ravens here is what you're, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. All right. Game number two, then. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. What do we got?
0: We have the Packers going into San Francisco to play the 49ers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think this is going to be a battering. Um, I think the San Francisco 49ers have looked like the best team in, in, in the NFC this year. Yeah. Um, And they've proven it time and time again with quality wins, especially if they're all healthy. You know, Devo Samuel being healthy and Brandon Ayuk being healthy is a good thing. Um, The only team that really has given them problems this year has been the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, I'm expecting them to possibly – that to possibly be a a Super Bowl uh, re-up there. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking forward to it. Do you think that – do you think they'll be able to replicate that type of performance that they had against the Cowboys in this game? I personally don't. but
0: Well, to me, it comes down to how Brock Purdy will play. So in okay. big games, like the Monday night game against the Ravens, like the playoffs last season, we've mm-hmm. seen that he hasn't – And yes, he did get hurt last season, so that's a bit unfair. Yeah. But yeah, on multiple instances in big games, we've seen that he hasn't necessarily had the tools to get it done. Right. Right. But also, in games like when they played the Cowboys, which I guess now we've seen, they've proven, isn't necessarily the most fair measuring stick, but Brock Purdy has gotten it done. So I think it comes down to which Brock Purdy we're going to get. Is it going to be the smart, decisive, making quality throws Brock Purdy, or is it going to be the indecisive, questionable throws that the Packers will make you pay for? Because the Packers have a very good defense, Brock Purdy, and I think the 49ers end up getting it done. I don't think the Packers are going to be able to hold the Niners down like they were able to hold the Cowboys down mainly because the Niners attacked through their run game and yeah. are much more multidimensional than the Cowboys are. So to answer your question, I don't think that they'll be able to replicate the performance. And I think that this will be significantly less of a game than the Ravens Texans one will, but who knows okay. because the Packers are one of those teams that have momentum right now. And yep. that's, at this stage of the playoffs, sometimes more important than skill.
1: Agreed. Agreed. And yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. I sometimes think that momentum is is more important than, than talent. Um, but in this case, I think I, I'm going to have to go with the 49ers as well. I think that they're just too good. I think they're too good.
0: So I know that we don't do Game of the Week anymore, but this one's the clear Game of the Week. Yeah. Last time these two teams met in the playoffs it went to an overtime period and ended with three touchdowns in like a minute and a half. That would be the Bills going into Arrowhead to play the Chiefs. And obviously, rosters look a little bit different than they did last time. Schemes look a little bit different. But it's still Josh Allen versus Mahomes. Right. It's still Travis Kelsey and Stephon Diggs and all of those weapons going against each other. And in the past, Mahomes has always gotten the better of Josh Allen. Alex, is this finally the year that we see Josh Allen take down Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? I'm going to say no. Um, I think
1: that this is going to be the game that we conflict on the most, you know, going into. But, like, I just have – as much as I would love for Josh Allen to knock out Patrick Mahomes because I'm, I'm a much bigger, you know, Bills supporter than I am a Kansas City Chiefs supporter, um, this feels like a game the Bills will lose. They have time and time again, and it'll probably be a great game, maybe even an overtime game like we've seen in the past, um, and somehow, someway, this Chiefs team will find a way to win because that is their MO. They're a team that finds a way to win every week. They've done it for years with guys like uh cadarius tony as their wide receiver too like that's pretty damn impressive to be you know what are they 12 and 6 right now <laughs> so um as much as i feel like you know i would rather see this Bills team in the afc championship game i just don't see it happening
0: yeah i actually as you said strongly disagree with you
1: mm.
0: i i believe that mahomes is the most talented quarterback I believe that Travis Kelsey is the more talented tight end. Besides from that, I think that the Bills' offense is considerably better than the Chiefs' offense. But
1: and I also and the, the finish, I th- I think the chi- the Chiefs' defense is significantly better than the Bills' defense is better.
0: I I would agree, but I, I'm I'm going to analyze that in a second. I think that the biggest okay, biggest headline for me coming into this game is the fact that the Bills have now lost to Arrowhead multiple seasons in a row. Mm -hmm. they're going to be coming into this game angry, tired of losing. And a lot of these guys that they've brought back have gotten into the routine of going into that place, getting fired up for a game, and leaving with heartbreak. And I think that they're going to go in there and do everything in their power not to have that happen. Yeah. And I think that, yes, this Chiefs defense is good. But we've seen them be very bad on many occasions. Legereus Sneed has the most penalties among anyone in the entire NFL. Right. I think that the Bills' offense will exploit that. And I think that the biggest reason that I'm taking the Bills over the Chiefs is because if this becomes an offensive shootout, the Chiefs do not have the tools to keep up with this Bills' offense. Because we've seen Josh Allen be capable, and yes, he'll throw his interception, and something will happen that won't go their way. Yeah, But we've seen that they're capable of repeatedly going down the field and scoring, whether it be a field goal, touchdown, We've seen that they're capable of that. The Chiefs, not once this season, have proven to me that against a legitimate team, they can go down and continuously score and score and keep up with anyone. And that's why I'm taking the Bills in this game.
1: Okay. Okay. I just feel like this feels like a game where Josh Allen tries to do too much. And that will lead the Bills to having problems. I disagree with that Um, because
0: we've seen him do that in games it, the games that we've seen Josh Allen do that in is the teams that they were playing that were supposed to be guaranteed wins, which is why it took them so long to become rolling. But yeah, in games where they nece- weren't necessarily supposed to win, it, when it was a toss up against the Dolphins, against the um, who did they play midseason, the Eagles, when they went down, and yes, the Eagles won, but Josh Allen played an incredible game. Right. So I think that he keeps it under control somewhat. I, I, again, still think he throws an interception, but I think that he keeps the game under control <laughs> and does enough for this Bills team to finally beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, look, we're just going to have to wait and see on this one. I just think that you and I both hope that this game is awesome. Like, I think most NFL fans think hope that this game is going to be a thriller and, um, you know, hope that this game can replicate some of the, you know, the fireworks that we've had in years past between these two
0: teams. Yeah, for sure. I, that's definitely something that I want.
1: All right. You ready to move into our final game?
0: Yeah, let's wrap it up.
1: So we got on Sunday at 3 p.m. I, I, we actually went out of order there. We talked about the 6.30 game before the 3 o'clock game. I'm going to blame Jack there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, that's on me. <laughs> no worries. No worries. But I mean, like, look, we got the Lions. We got the Buccaneers at the Detroit Lions. Now, I mean, the entire city of Detroit is kind of rallying around this Lions team right now, it feels like. I mean, they have the Pistons, who are probably the worst team in pro sports. Um, So it's kind of hard not to root for the team that is breaking all types of droughts and barriers and, you know, hopefully, you know, continues their run this year. Um, So, I mean, their fan base has been fantastic thus far. Uh, what do you think are some keys for them to get through this Bucks team in advance to the NFC Championship game?
0: So I think some keys for me are contain the run game. We see a lot okay. of times teams start to get exploited because Rashad White will come out and get a couple rushes and then they'll focus on the running game. And that's when they yeah. hurt you with big plays from Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Okay. Another thing that I think you have to look out for is your coverage linebackers. Baker Mayfield threw eight times – uh, complete to Kate Otten last game for 90 right. yards. And that was what really won the game for the Bucs against the Eagles because the mm-hmm. Eagles have horrible coverage linebackers. Yeah. And the Detroit Lions defense has been very up in the air as to how good they actually are. Right. I think that this is their chance to prove it. If they come out and they have a bad night, the Bucks will make them pay for it. But if they can contain Rashad White and Kate Otten, then they can... Put their focus towards those receivers. I also think that having them come out and punch the Bucks in the mouth like they did to the Rams and just, you know, start with the ball, go down and score, um, start the game off on the right note offensively will be huge for them in order to have them win this game and move in advance forward.
1: I agree. Uh, it should be noted that earlier the season, Detroit did play Tampa Bay, and they held them to six points. Uh, the score was 20-6 to six in that game. Um, but like, Right, but at that like- time,
0: it was a very different Bucks team. When they first played, the Bucs were still searching for an identity and searching for a way that they were going to find success, and they didn't find that until the last few weeks of the season where they limped into the playoffs. And now I think that they're one of those teams that have momentum but as do the Detroit lions and the Detroit lions have a very passionate fan base behind them. So if they can do those things that I mentioned, contain the run game and not let up any big plays as well as come out hot on offense, then they will win this game.
1: Yeah, me, I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, I hope the Lions win this game, but honestly, like, again, it's one of those games where you got so many storylines going into it because either the Lions are going to the NFC Championship game, which is something that is completely unheard of, or Baker Mayfield, a guy who has been written off by three NFL franchises before finding himself in Tampa Bay, and people were still trying to write him off even after he made the playoffs, um is going to an NFC Championship game. So, I mean, really, this is a win-win for both situations, I feel like. And, again, I'm just hoping that this is another one of those great games that we're going to see this weekend. Uh, My personal pick, I got to rock with the Lions. We've been a pro-Lions show this entire year. Going to stick with that. Um, So, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions to win this game on Sunday at 3. What about you?
0: Yeah, I got the Lions. Uh, The entire NFL, I feel like, has the Lions. This is a team – it's one of those rare instances where – the entire league can band together, and unless they're playing your team, everyone wants them to win. Everyone wants them to finally enjoy that success that they haven't seen in so long. So, yes, right. to answer your question, give me the Lions. Okay. Other well, than that, I mean that wraps up the episode. Keep an eye out early next week. We're going to be back with our regular, regularly scheduled programming, whether that be on Monday or Tuesday. We're not sure yet, but, of course, we will let you know as soon as we know. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening. This has been the Corner Office, and as always, I'm Jack Byrne.
1: And I'm Alex Penders. Corner three. Corner three.